Portions of the day's programming are reproduced by means of electrical transcriptions or tape recordings. Time for School, Rock School, with your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. We're so glad you came to this restaurant, <laughs> and happy birthday to you, gosh, oh golly, wow. Class is in. Rock School Radio Show, broadcasting live from the campus, Southeastern Louisiana University. I'm Joe Burns, you are? Monique Gregoire. Uh, you just might as well keep that seat warm. Uh, you absolutely, I'm fine. Want to sit there for a while? Sure. Yeah, just gonna sit there for a little while. Hey, Monique over here is the salesperson for the. What is actually the name of your title? Underwriting and development representative. Oh, isn't that PC? Technically, oh, you're the salesperson, aren't you? Yeah, but I do a little more. Okay, so once again, it's what is it? Underwriting and development representative. Oh, that's beautiful. That looks good on a door. So, you uh, you went out and underwrote and developed. And you now have gotten us a new sponsor for the Rock School Radio Show. So. Absolutely. Mariner's Inn in downtown Hammond. They are a staple. I mean, what would you call it? The Hammond way of life. Right. They've been here over 30 years with live music, patio. They're phenomenal. They are. And it's one of the first places I ate. I remember when I moved here, I said, you know, okay, where do I eat? Obviously, it's got a thriving downtown, little Hammond. What? Where do I eat? Mariner's, Mariner's, Mariner's. So I went oh, there yeah. and uh, had the blackened blue cheeseburger, which is pretty much what I eat every time I go there. Right. I'm the same way with the kick and chicken. And I was, my sister came out to Southeastern in 92. That was the first place she took me. And then when I came out here to school, me and my husband, that was our date night. And and now married, children, all of that. Exactly. Thanks to Mariners. <laughs> there you go. And again, thank you to Mariners for sponsoring Rock School. And we'll be uh, sort of saying thank you to them for the entire month of March. So, Here's the question. Do you watch a lot of TV? Not so much since I have a child. (laughs) Welcome to the world of parenthood. A brand new television show is coming out called About a Boy. It stars David Walton, Minnie Driver, and Ben Stockham. Now, it's based on a Hugh Grant movie by the same name, About a Boy. Here's the basic concept of the movie and also of the television show. The main character, the Hugh Grant character, the David Walton character, lives this rich life because the character's father wrote a single song. Okay. The song was called Santa's Super Sleigh, okay, (laughs) which the person, the Hugh Grant character, hates. However, it is affording him this wonderful life, this one song is making money hand over fist. Yeah, so at that point, you kind of have to be thankful for it. I would think so. The question is, is this possible? Can you write one song? And can that one song provide for your entire life? Now, I understand it's going to make some money. Right. But can it make you live the life of Riley? I can think of a few, but it's very rare. I would think it is rare. Mm -hmm. It's rare enough that it's happened a few times. It's like winning the lottery. It's rare, 
but they're out there. It's it's like the unicorn. I mean, enough. <laughs> it's it's Bigfoot. Enough people have seen it that it probably exists. But mm-hmm. I have for you on Rock School today not only examples of songs that yes, had you written these. You could live comfortably on mm-hmm. one song the remainder of your life. I can't wait to hear some of these because I'm thinking of some of the ones from like the 90s when I was in high school. Exactly. And if you wrote them, you would live comfortably the rest of your life. And furthermore, how? How is it done? Where does the money come from? How does the money come in? How does the money continually come in? So mm-hmm. we're going to tell you how to do it. So if you want to write songs, how is it done? All right. We got to play these songs. Well, it's all based on this Hugh Grant movie. Here is Santa's Super Sleigh from the movie to kick us off on Rock School. Look who's coming. Talking about how do you live on one song? Are you familiar with a guy named Gary Portnoy? I'm not. Not. He wrote the song, which is the theme from Cheers, where everybody knows your name. Absolutely. Okay. Do you know that that was not written as a theme from Cheers? It was written as a song first. Okay. To be a hit. Right. Okay, fine. Well, it gets picked up by Cheers. Mm -hmm. Now, remember, obviously, it it became a hit after it became the, the theme from Cheers. Right. But remember that Cheers was not only a hit television show, but has been in syndication since. I mean, when did Cheers go on the air? The early 1980s? Had to be. So this thing is in syndication. It's in syndication in Europe, in however many countries. Mm. So every time this thing goes on the air, Mm -hmm. this guy gets a drip of money. He is literally living on one song. That's awesome. Okay, so how is it done? Got to talk royalties. First of all, mechanical royalties. Money when the recording is sold. Here is the law. You get 9.1 cents per song or 1.75 cents per minute of playing time, whichever is greater. Okay, well, that's not too too bad. Don McLean, if you do the mathematics, gets 15 cents every time American Pie is purchased. Okay, because he owns American Pie. Mm -hmm. Performance royalties. This is the money when a song is played anywhere. Okay. So all authors share in the royalties. How much you get paid is actually negotiated by whoever represents your song, either ASCAP or BMI. Synchronization rights. This is when a song is recorded or used in a film television, or any other kind of media. You ever seen those cards that you open up, the like a greeting oh, card yeah. in a place? 15 cents per card. Wow. 15 cents per card. Print rights. This is when sheet music is sold. And okay. I've purchased a ton of sheet music. It's mm-hmm. just easier than sitting there backing the needle up and backing the needle up. You just purchase the sheet music or find the, the chords online. Mm-hmm. Fine. That's how the whole thing is put together. So Portnoy... This thing runs, Mm -hmm. where everybody knows your name, how many millions of times per year? Yeah. Imagine if he gets just a nickel, and it runs a million times per, that's five mil a year. Can you live on five mil a year? Absolutely. There you go. He's living on one song. That's fine. And it sounds like this on Rock School. Making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. 
Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. So, I've shown you now twice, at least once from one person, you can retire on one song. I was able to figure out the numbers for American Pie because of knowing what the mechanical royalties were. Okay. The reason I chose Don McLean's American Pie, I'm not going to play American Pie because it, it takes up too much time and I got a lot of information here, mm-hmm. but if you extrapolate out the money to American Pie, Don McLean makes close to $300,000 per year just from American Pie. Just that one song. Right. Now, that's just him. Mm-hmm. How many times has it been covered? Madonna covered it. So when Madonna's gets played, he gets drips and drabs of money from that. Oh, wow. When okay. other bands play it, when it gets used in a commercial, all that kind of stuff. Just $300,000 a year from him alone. Hmm. That's it. And he doesn't have to pay royalties when he performs it. So it's his. Right. You're talking half a million dollars a year in his pocket alone just from the that song. And he mm-hmm. has other hits. Vincent, Castles in the Air. So he's not having any trouble. But if all he had was American Pie, mm-hmm. he's probably after taxes, quarter mil in the pocket. That's crazy. Right. So he can live a very nice life just on that one song. But right. he has others. Jerry Rafferty. From Steeler's Wheel. Okay, I'm familiar with the name. He has other songs, but Baker Street alone makes Jerry Rafferty over $100,000 a year. That's awesome. And that's a great song. The Foo Fighters cover of it is phenomenal. Now you add the Foo Fighters on top of that. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you... you got to look at other things. I'm talking just Jerry Rafferty. Right. Once you add the other stuff on top of it, it builds and builds and builds. And it's only a matter of time before Glee picks it up and, and all that <laughs> other stuff. But it, it it's, yes, you can live on one song per year. And I have a list, which we're going to start getting into, the 10 richest songs of all times. Oh, that's cool. Meaning these are the songs that have made more money than any other songs. And for the people who have written them, Blah, blah, blah. A BBC documentary that talked just about this. And by the way, I should also state some other information on here came from the website CelebrityNetWorth.com, which is where I got a lot of the Don McLean information. Okay. BBC documentary suggested if you want to live off one song, one of three things has to happen. You have to get your song in a hit movie or a hit television show. Right. Think of, uh, I think, it, is it The Replacements, I think it is, that wrote the uh, the theme song to Friends? So no one told you life oh, yes. was going to be yes. this way. Rich beyond, you know, rich, rich young men because of that. Write a timeless love song, which gets played and played again every time a young lady gets broken up with, or write a Christmas song. Christmas. Because every year it comes back. It comes back. (laughs) You wonder why every pop artist writes a Christmas song. You know, oh, it's easy. Yes, it's easy. Yeah, thank you, Justin (laughs) Bieber. But... It, it comes back every year, every year. How many times? I, yeah, I'm so sick of Paul McCartney's wonderful Christmas time. <laughs> Imagine the check that lands at his house with a thud. That's true. Because of when that song plays. So here is Baker Street, and we'll get into the top 10 money-making songs right after this. The amount of cash is insane. And what's even a little more crying about it, you think, well, the artist is making all the money. Not if he didn't write it, kids. Uh, that's Not true. if he didn't write it, kids. Baker Street, Rock School.
Coming into the first break, talking about can you live off of just one song per year? Mel Torme, The Velvet Fog. Okay, okay. you're familiar with the Christmas song? Chestnuts roasting yes. on an open fire. Great. He was a Jewish young lad who, at 19 years old, wrote the song. Okay? <laughs> wrote it in July because it was hot as anything and decided to go ahead and do it. Wrote it in 1944. 43, actually. It came out in 1944. Okay. Estimated earnings per year, $19 million. Wow. $19 million. It has been covered by Justin Bieber, Lady Gaga, Britney Spears, blah de blah de blah de blah de blah It's the real-life embodiment. In fact, some people suggest it's the, the sort Secret. of tip yeah, of mm-hmm. About a Boy where it came from so there it is there's what the bbc documentary said write something that goes into movies write something that is a christmas song write something i mean it's really much of a love song so there it is 19 million dollars per year well there you go that's the one that that earns the most money no kids that's number 10 Wow. On the list. Yeah, because that's like the Christmas song. Well, actually, uh, one Christmas song. Nope. There are uh, two Christmas songs on top of it. Okay. That make more money. And what we'll do is we'll come out of the break and I will play the first sort of rock song that uh, makes even more money than it. Hello, WMCE Erie, Pennsylvania. Who you got? Hi, Radio Universidad in Salamanca, Spain. That's right. Get us on Rock School's uh, Facebook page. Search Rock School Radio Show. Like us. You really like us. Back in a minute on Rock School. All right, coming out of the break, here's the first rock song. This is number nine, okay. Songs That Make the Most Per Year. Now, this was written in 1964. Okay. Okay? Oh, Pretty Woman by Roy Orbison and Bill Dees. Ah. It makes $19.75 million per year. After the movie. Right. Do you remember the name of the movie? Pretty Woman. Pretty Woman, blatantly. Richard <laughs> Gere, Julia Roberts. Now, it says here that Roy Orbison himself claims he was making between 200 and 250 thousand dollars in pocket mm-hmm. per year on the song this is before before the movie hmm. now he obviously made some money after the movie as well Absolutely. but remember this is 200 to 250 thousand dollars as a co-author okay as you know, after the royalties went to the publishers, after the royalties went to the performance rights, and blah, 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 blah. blah. Mm-hmm. So this is after all the drips and drabs went to everybody else as a co-author, as it was split. So if he was the sole author, he would make, what I mean, double it up, half a million dollars per year gotcha. off of the song. So it's insane the amount of money he was going to make off of this song and was making off of this one song. And Roy Orbison is by no stretch of the imagination a one-hit wonder. No, absolutely. Yeah, so Roy was not having any trouble meeting the cable bills at the end of the month, Uh and it's because of this one song. And to this day, average $19.75 million on this thing. Insane. (laughs) Don't walk away. This is Rock School talking about can you live, just like the movie about a boy and now the television show, can you live on the royalties of one 
song. Some apparently people you do. can do it. Yeah, apparently you can do it. The next guy we're going to talk about could easily do it. And what's really sad about it is I'm going to tell you, one guy is making gajillions of dollars. The guy who's actually part of it, and you'll, you'll get what I'm talking about, is really getting ramshackled. I mean, he really is, and I'll tell you what it's all about. But first, bottom of the hour, let's do the names one more time. Joe Burns. Monique Gregoire. And we're going to do seven days in 70 seconds. Something that happened on these rock and roll dates, March 3rd all the way through March 9th. I believe you, Monique Gregoire, have Monday. Go right ahead. March 3rd, 1980, Sothersby holds its first auction of rock and roll memorabilia. March 4th, 1971, on the eve of their new UK tour, the Rolling Stones become rock's first tax exiles by announcing they're picking up and moving from England to France. March 5th, 1969, the rock magazine Cream is published for the first time. March 6, 1973, with Come On, Feel the Noise, glam rockers Slade become the first band to have a UK single debut at number one since the Beatles did it with Get Back with 1969. March 7th, 1976, Elton John becomes the second rock act after the Beatles to be honored with a statue in Madame Tussauds Wax Museum in London. And March 8, 63, Four Tops signed with Motown for the princely sum of $400. They made a touch more after that. March 9, 1989, Rolling Stone bassist Bill Wyman, you'll love this, Monique, announces his intention to marry model Mandy Smith. Okay, so what? She's 19. He's 52. Further shocking the public by revealing that he's been dating young Mandy for the past six years. Okay, let's see. She's 19, six years, four, three, carry the one. Okay, he started dating her when she was 13. Further making the public go, oh, he claims uh, he had her mother's permission. Apparently, mom was a Rolling Stones fan. And that wraps up seven days and 70 seconds. All right, here we go. Sting, the police. Every breath you take, can you live on one song? Well, the estimated earnings are $20.5 million per year. Okay. This one song is responsible for one quarter of all the money the police's entire catalog has ever earned. That's insane because they have tons. Oh, yeah. Lots of hits. Sting himself claims he earns a reported $2,000 every day. Every day. On the song. That's $730,000 per year. Now, who gets ramshackled in this thing? Who really gets thrown over the barrel? Do you remember when P. Diddy remixed the song and created it as a tribute to the notorious B.I.G.? Remember that? I know it was terrible, but (laughs) when you listen to the song... Mm -hmm. The the one that was done by P. Diddy or P. Doodle or whatever he calls himself (laughs) this, this week... Only Andy Summers' guitar is sampled in the P. Diddy song. You never hear Sting, right? You only hear Andy Summers' song. So Andy Summers should get the money, right? Right. El Rongarooski. Because Sting is the sole author of the song, Summers receives nothing. That's awful. That is hideous. Here is the song. Again, all money to Sting. Every breath you take...
right, time to play one more before the second break here. Let me get through a few songs because we're running out of time in the hour. Number seven of the ten richest songs of all time, Haven Gillespie and Fred J. Cooch. This was written back in 1934, so I'm sure if they're not uh, passed already, they are well on their way. So <laughs> it's probably their heirs that are receiving this money. Okay. Santa Claus is coming to town. Ah, didn't, I forgot about that one. How many movies? Absolutely. You know? and, and how many covers? Springsteen, Mariah Carey. I mean, Springsteen, Santa Claus is coming to town. Has played every year to death. <laughs> you know, you've been practicing, so Santa Claus bring your new saxophone. How many times do you hear that? <laughs> uh, Twenty-five million per year. Number six: uh, Ben E. King, Jerry Lieber, Mike Stoller, "Stand by Me." Oh, big a big hit number one. I don't know. Is Ben E. King still with us? I'm not sure not about sure. that. I may look at that uh, while the song is playing. Uh, Stand by Me, uh, estimated earnings per year, 27 million, huge hit on its own. But the movie, Stephen Stand by King. Me, poof, yep. to the stratosphere. Uh, number five, Unchained Melody. Do you have any idea why it's called Unchained Melody? I don't. It was from a prison movie, 1955, called Unchained. Huh. Thus, it was the Unchained Melody. Right. Righteous Brothers, uh, Alex North, and High Zaret. And again, I don't know if they're with us anymore or not. It was penned in 1955, so it's entirely possible that mm-hmm. they are. Um, huge hit. Do you remember the song that sent it into the stratosphere? I don't. Ghost. Uh, don't you remember that? Patrick Swayze crawling oh, yeah. all over yeah, whatever yeah. her name was when they were throwing a pot. Yeah. yeah. And the one we're going to play, <laughs> John Lennon, Paul McCartney, 1965, Yesterday. Love that one. Literally the most covered song in history. Estimated yearly earnings, $30 million. Really? Right. There's a standard practice. The, completely, the song was completely written by Paul McCartney mm-hmm. and sang 100% of the song. Okay. However, because of standard practice, it was always written and credited to Lennon McCartney. That's just the way it was always done. In 2000, Paul asked Yoko Ono, obviously because John Lennon had had been murdered. I mean, right. there's no two ways about it. Assassinated. Paul asked Yoko Ono if they could change the crediting of the song she to McCartney no. Lennon. Of course, she said no. <laughs> and, and, and there's something to me that's no. no. Uh-uh, don't touch. Yeah. Don't touch. You're you're doing just fine. Thank you. So, this is uh, Lennon McCartney's "Yesterday" on Rock School. Yesterday, all my troubles seem so far away. Now it looks as though they're here to stay. Oh, I believe in yesterday. All right, second break here on Rock School. Now, you obviously work in radio blatantly, and <laughs> you play a lot of new songs here on this radio station. We're we're playing the songs that are making all the money. Right. Uh, now, blatantly, they're all old songs. I'm okay. noticing that. Here are the top songs of 2013. I don't have the top songs of 2014 because it ain't over. Right. We're only, what, two just starting the third month of 2014. All right, here are the top songs of 2013. Music to me today seems just, because of downloading, disposable. That makes sense. That's the best one I can Blurred Lines by Robin Thicke. I enjoyed that one. Are you going to live forever on that tune, or is it dead after... Get Lucky by Daft Punk. Good song, but again, the same. Uh, Let Her Go, Passenger. No idea. What no, that one is. La La La, Naughty Boy. 
Nope. Mm, thrift shop, Macklemore. If it didn't curse every third word. So, <laughs> just give me a reason, Pink. I like Pink. I like Pink, but yeah. I couldn't even think about what song that is right now. Roar, Katy Perry. It's a great song. Katy Perry. I think Katy Perry's going to be around for a while. Oh, you do? But See, I wouldn't say that's her best. Yeah, it's just another, uh, I, am, I am going to write an empowerment song. Yeah, but I'm yeah. a woman. I enjoy. I guess so. Mirrors, Justin Timberlake. He's he's starting to get into that Mariah Carey, the songs plod on, and I can't understand what you're saying uh, type I can thing. Yeah. One Republic, Counting Stars. Nope. Don't know it. Love Me Again, John Newman. Ever since the Super Bowl, my wife is just flat out in love with this man, Bruno Mars. When I Was Your Man. I do love Bruno Mars. I think he'll be around for a while, but again... That song, probably not his best. Uh, Britney Spears and Will I Am, Scream and Shout. No. Golding, or Ellie Golding, Burn. Mm. Uh, I Love It, Icona Pop. And uh, Dear Darling. Uh, no. I just, the thing is, it just, because of the way music is done today, I don't see anything like this occurring anymore where where is the song that has the brilliant staying power i i hate to say it but the only one i see really having a staying power maybe bruno mars maybe lady gaga she seems Ooh. to have more you don't agree with me there no no not so much i see I, bruno mars possibly yeah he seems to be a throwback to the motown days i mean when he came out in the gold LeMay jacket and did the james brown move and such he seems <laughs> to understand the roots of it yeah. all but the music today seems so disposable that this doesn't appear as if it's going to happen mm-hmm. again. When was the last brand new Christmas song that swept the United States? Justin Bieber put out a Christmas album and uh. you know he did Santa Claus is Coming to Town as his hit. Well, that's that's already exists. Where's the new one? The last one that was really brand spanking new, I can't remember. When was the last new Christmas song that uh, swept us? I'm thinking Michael Blue but since I can't think of the name of it, it can't be that good. Yeah, I, I don't see this happening again. Where's my piece of paper? There it is. KFOK, Sacramento, California. Thanks for running the radio show he got. All right, I got WBSD in Burlington, Wisconsin. You bet. They're part of the Volar Vortex. That's <laughs> right, Polar Vortex. Back in a minute on Rock School. All right, coming out of the break, Monique, you're not going to believe what number one is. I can't wait. The number one song that makes money. Am I going to be angry? You're not going to be angry. It's just you're not going to believe what it is. It's going to make you angry. I guess it will make you a little <laughs> upset. But All right, number three. We just did yesterday. Number three. We'll play this one. We'll come back. I'll tell you what it is. Barry Mann, Cynthia Wheel, and Phil Spector. You've lost that love and feeling. Probably played at every wedding. Oh, like crazy. Right. Uh, Phil Spector really fought. There's a story about this. They they got into a fight in the studio because Phil Spector wanted that now famous line, gone, gone, gone. Right. Whoa, ho, 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 ho. Because he wanted that real deep, 
you know, voice to come out of the Righteous Brothers. Mm-hmm. I mean, name name a, a movie. A, right, the one I remember is Top Gun. Absolutely, uh, that's sure. the first one I was going to say. But it comes out in so many of these things, dozens and dozens of movies. It is also the number one played song on the radio. It is the only song that I know of to this point that has eight million spins on the radio. Oh. It was also, and I hate to I hate to say this because it's a little risque, but it is the song that. People believe uh, more people lost their virginity to than any other song. So, I mean, how many per year? Thirty-two million dollars per year. That said, that's crazy. That's right. and and Phil Spector is in jail for you know, murder. So, so he can't enjoy much of it. Two more songs to go, and the number one song. You're going to shake your head because oh. every one of you out there is breaking copyright law. <laughs> every one of you. Here you go. It's uh, Righteous Brothers from the Rock School. You never close your eyes anymore when I kiss your lips. There's no tenderness like grief in your face. Last break on the Rock School Radio Show. You think it's a Christmas song, don't you? I did. It is not. I told you there were two Christmas songs on top of the one I showed. We've okay. only done one. Okay, number two is the Christmas song. Irving Berlin, White Christmas. Oh, back from 1940. Yeah. Estimated earnings, $36 million, ladies and gentlemen. Sold over 100 million units to date since uh, since it was incepted. Worldwide, ladies and gentlemen, if you can believe that. I'm, I'm surprised it's number two. It I'm is surprised. number two. Number one. Started off as a song that was used to welcome teachers into the classroom, uh, to get kids ready for school. It started off as, I believe, Good Morning. Um, um, Good morning to you. Good morning to you. Uh, And morphed into... Happy birthday to you. Oh, really? It really is. It was written in 1893 by the Hill Sisters. Now, you think 1893, <laughs> these young ladies are dead. Well, long since. Here's the thing. Anytime the song is performed anywhere, it has to be paid. Well, who owns it? Warner Chapel paid $15 million for the rights. Technically, it's illegal to sing happy birthday to a large group of unrelated people uh-huh. like an office party without paying a, a royalty. Or like a restaurant. Or a restaurant, which is why when you go into Applebee's or what have you, Mariner's, who is now our wonderful sponsor, right? That's you can't just go up to somebody or to a group of tables, which is why you get those silly things, we're so glad you came to this restaurant <laughs> and happy birthday to you, gosh, oh golly, wow. That's why you get those things, because if they sing happy birthday, they technically have to pay something. That's If crazy. you use the song... Uh, it brings in $2 million uh, in royalties per year, $5,000 per day. If you want to use it in a movie, it costs $25,000 
to use, a little less if you want to use it in a television show. It expires in terms of copyright uh -huh. in 2030 in the United States and in 2016 in the European Union, at which point in time we can all sing happy birthday without having to pay any money. That's so crazy. That's insane. Happy birthday. Now, <laughs> it, it's not owned by a person anymore. It's owned by Warner Chapel, which is Warner Brothers movies, basically. Gotcha. So there you go. Believe it or not, we're going to end with happy birthday. <laughs> Who's singing it? Marilyn Monroe singing Aww. it to JFK. And then we'll play a song after it because it's only 40-something seconds. So. Yeah, so if we have any listeners that um, it's your birthday, happy yeah. birthday. <laughs> it's your birthday. Go on, man. <laughs> it's your birthday. That wraps it. I'm Joe Burns. Monique Gregoire. And you can live on one song for the rest of your life. All you got to do is write it, man. <laughs> See you next week. Class is dismissed. Mr. President, Marilyn Monroe. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you.